Shalom, friends. Nice to be with you again this week, in which the reading will be Baha and Mechukotai, the two final sections or portions of the scroll uh, of Leviticus. And I would like to uh, preface the uh, my remarks today with the idea that the scroll is divided up into the 52 weeks of the year. And yet, while many of us may not even question why does one section contain X number of verses and another more or less, uh, how, how did this all come about? And I think we should know that because, as we have stressed repeatedly, that through the scroll, by virtue of listening to the reading of the scroll, we become imbued with the light force of God so that we can make life a little more pleasant, a little less chaos in our lives, that the Kabbalist, for whom time, space, emotion, meaning last year, or 1,000 years hence, or 5,000 years hence, for for, the, for these Kabbalists who divided up the sections of the, of the scroll, because the original scroll, as if one had noticed, there is no dividing as we know it in our, in our books that we use. And they, they, they created this division. And so therefore we should understand that there was a purpose in designating the amount of verses that would appear in this section or another section. It was not just an arbitrary figure that they that they chose because sometimes we'll have like in Deuteronomy we'll have sections that only have thirty verses and then in in numbers we we'll go up to a hundred and seventy four, a hundred and seventy six. Like I've always in humor made the statement give us a break, Kabbalists. I mean, you know, why one week a hundred and seventy four and another week, 30, couldn't you kind of divide it evenly so that we don't have to linger on too long, as some feel, uh, to, to the listening of the reading on Shabbat? But the answer is because they understood that in the year 2002 or 2050, this section that is going to be read is going to provide a very precise dimension appropriate for that period in time. This may have gone over your heads, but this is what the Kabbalists understood when we omit the limitations of time, space, and motion. And so, I'd just like to bring to your attention this one time, because I, 
I usually like to uh, refer to the particular sections that you will find of interest and, and the kind of energy you're tapping into. But in in the um, first section, known as Bahar, there are 57 verses. 57. Now, for the Kabbalist, 57 immediately designates the idea of sustenance, whether it be on the physical level, uh, panasa or physical remuneration of money or sustenance for the soul and etc. So it becomes quite obvious that immediately as we as we notice the amount of verses that will be included in this particular section, it tells us this is for whatever reason the Kabbalist understood the purpose of which is sustenance. Sustenance. Something, unfortunately, without which can't buy a loaf of bread and you cannot avoid depression, which again is an indication of the lack, depressed, a lack of, of, of the life force within us and therefore we feel depressed, we feel down like a tire, you know, loses its air, goes down, car goes down. And so, in a very general way, you come to listen to Bihar for that purpose. And strangely enough, the Hukotai, the second section that is included in the reading, has 78 verses. Again, for the student of Kabbalah, we know that the number 78 represents three times the Tetragrammaton, or three times 26, the numerical value of that most powerful tool, the UK Vavke, the most powerful tool, the Tetragrammaton, which is that physical yet non-physical lettering of the name of God, which means it's it's that dimension of connection between this physical universe, the physical me, and the um, and the dimension of the life force of God. And so we have three times, right, left and central columns, three times that dimension, the balance of this kind of energy that we have an opportunity to access into. So this is kind of just another piece of information for those of you who may never and never have heard the idea as to why these sections were divided by the Kabbalists as they are. It was not just got to divide up, you can't read the entire scroll in all of one Shabbat and therefore they they did what they did. No, there, there was a very precise, very precise thinking that went into the, the, this division. Now getting to the, uh, section itself, Bahar, that first verse 
is really extraordinary. And I think it says it all. And whatever comes afterwards is, uh, is there, is there to teach us some of the other laws and principles of this universe. And it begins by saying that, and God said to Moses on the mount, Mount Sinai, the following. And he goes on, and this section goes on to discuss the land of Israel. Well, many of us, or hopefully all of us, are, are perfectly aware that on Mount Sinai there were what we refer to in Kabbalah as the ten utterances for those who are unfamiliar with the true meaning of what happened on um, at Revelation on Mount Sinai, you've heard it, you've heard it remarked as Ten Commandments. So there were many, many, uh, commandments or utterances that were mentioned at the Temple Mount at Revelation. And now, the first verse which says this is what God told Moses on Mount Sinai and goes into a whole procedure, a whole processing concerning the land of Israel. But there are many other things. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill. I, you know, these were other aspects of the laws of the universe in addition to the land of Israel. And I've always remarked, if there has ever been an area in this entire planet for which blood had been shed, there is no city like the city of Jerusalem. Strange. Why? Why would there be, why would there be such, such dissension? So many wars, so much blood shed over this little city, this walled city. Why? And so here, to understand what Revelation was about, and to understand what scroll was about, is in a capsule the idea that that city of Jerusalem is a central point in this planet by which we can tap into it in its closest proximity to the light force of God. But then one might say, but God is all over. But why was the holy temple built there? Again, the word holy, we know it means connections. But why at this point? And so, in Kabbalah, we have come to grips with the idea of you have a Immaterial God, 
or the immaterial force of the life force of God, now coming to be joined together with humans, trees, fish, and every other aspect in which the light force of God makes its presence felt, even in an inanimate, even in a rock. You ask a scientist today, what is the connection between the human being and a rock? Same atoms. Same atoms that are included in this physical body. So too, you'll find those same atoms in a rock. And so, we've got this physical nature now, hopefully, being connected to the light force of God to be imbued with that energy, with that force that can remove chaos, darkness, etc. And just as we have noted on, on many occasions, the importance of the 72 names which act as a bridge between the mind of man and the physical reality with even the mind of man I'm not talking about the physical brain I'm talking about consciousness of man which is immaterial and we say mind over matter well how do you bridge the mind with matter this has been the problem that that human civilization's faith has has faced since the very beginning of the creation of Adam and Eve, and and consequently, while scientifically it's been proven that mind over matter, but on a that's that's your theoretical physics, but on a very practical level. We've all come to the realization, hey, you know, we, we really can't, we really can't bring the mind to bear on, on the physical reality. And that is not true. What had been lacking, what had, what had not come to be prevalent amongst the critical mass that I say is required is the idea that the 72 names can act as a bridge, as a bridge, as that link between the immaterial reality of the light force of God and the physical reality as we know it, as we feel it, as we sense it. So too, this particular area known as Jerusalem while inwardly all of the rulers throughout history who, whose empires were built ultimately found it necessary to drive its armies into the capture of this little city known as Jerusalem. Because while, while logically there would be no reason 
for the possession of a little city known as Jerusalem. Why? Why would the Roman Empire, the Babylonian Empire, the Persian Empire, the Roman Empire, the English Empire, the the Greek Empire, the 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 um, French Empire, the German Empire, all look to to Jerusalem? Why? Holy city. What what made it so holy? Oh, because the temple was there. So what? But the temple represented that physical representation that could be the link on a physical level as a 72 names. And that point in Jerusalem, that point, that section known as the Temple Mount could act as a, could act as that physical link between the immaterial of the light force of God and down into the very environment of the physical reality. And so when, when it states in the first verse that what God told Moses on Mount Sinai was, period, about the land of Israel. But there were so many things was the question that I raised. Not only I raised it, but all of the, all of the Kabbalists raised that same question. And the answer is, because what is religion all about? What is a scroll all about? Why is revelation so important? Because of only one reason. How we can connect to the light force of God. All of these instruments, whether it be religion, whether it be commandments, however you interpret the formation, the creation of a religion, the ultimate purpose, the ultimate goal is what? Ultimate goal. Even thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, was not the goal. Because those things exist when there is darkness in the world. But the ultimate goal was, with these restrictions, do not steal, do not kill, was to bring the consciousness of man in an acceptable position that he could or she could tap into the life force of God. Because that's that's the purpose of all of this. In the dissemination, in the dispersion of the light force of God into every aspect. And that was done through this holy city. Holy meaning it was an instrument, or as I like to, I like to refer to this holy aspect as W-H-O-L-L-Y. It was just it was just the creation of a wholeness. Wholeness meaning what? Combining what? Combining the light force, the, the immaterial, non-physical aspect of the light force of God with the physical reality as we know it and thereby 
create such an infusion of light that ultimately the darkness, the chaos that we, as we understand it, would be ultimately and completely removed from our midst. Shabbat Shalom, everybody.